Good morning, everyone. As you've heard, my name is Esther, and I'm uh, part of the key leadership team here, EBI. And this morning, we're going to be continuing our series on the journey. And we're going to be reading from two passages in the Old Testament today, which is like the first bit of the Bible. And we're going to be thinking about helpful habits, those of prayer and reading scripture. And we're going to first think about the why, like why do we do that? What's the point? Before we think a little bit about the how. Now, you may be sat here going, Esther, I know why to read the Bible. I know why to pray. But... When it comes to the how, we're also going to be thinking a bit about cows. So you don't want to miss that bit. So you have to stay focused until we get to the bit about cows. Then you can just do what you want. But what I'm um, really interested to know first, before we delve in, is what helpful daily habits you have that enable you to keep going through your day. So shout out some things that you do that help you keep going on your day and don't have a meltdown. Pray, some holy people already here. Coffee, yeah, I'm on that, Rebecca. Reading. Posh crisps, there we go. Helpful, healthy habit right there. Chocolate, another healthy habit, there we go. Exercise, oh, thanks James. There's always one, isn't there? Breakfast, yeah, I'm on, I'm on board with breakfast and coffee. Anything else? Talking to God's people, oh, so holy, crikey. <laughs> Should I just come up here and do this, Steve, instead? No. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so, I mean, absolutely, we have coffee, we've had breakfast, we've had pray, we've had reading, we've had talking to um, people that know Jesus and other things. And I am one of those, I like a morning coffee and I like my breakfast. You don't want to meet me if I haven't have had either of those because it takes time to get me talking. But also, we're thinking about connecting with God. And it may be that you're here and you actually know that your kind of daily habits aren't particularly helpful. Posh crisps, chocolate. But you're not really sure where to start in changing them. But maybe you're here and you're like, okay, I've got them nailed, Esther. My days are always fantastic because of my habits. If that's you, if you have every day, uh, if all your days are fantastic, please come and talk to me at the end and give me some tips because um, I would love to hear what they are. But I believe that connecting with God on a daily basis enables us on our journey to be able to face whatever comes our way, however good or hard that might be. So we're going to have a little look at what the Bible says. And we're going to read first from the book of Deuteronomy, which is the fifth book in the Bible. And we're going to be reading from chapter four. And then we're going to look a little bit at the book of Joshua, which is the book after. So if you have your Bibles, you can open them at Deuteronomy 4 or get it on your phone. If not, the words are going to be uh, on the screen as they are. It says this. Now, Israel, hear the decrees and laws I'm about to teach you. Follow them so that you may live and go, may go in and take possession of the land the Lord, the God of your ancestors, is giving you. Do not add to what I command you and do not subtract from it, but keep the commands of the Lord your God that I give you. You saw with your own eyes what the Lord did at Baal Peor. The Lord your God destroyed from among you everyone who followed the Baal of Peor. But all of you held fast to the Lord your God are still alive today. See, I have taught you decrees and laws as the Lord my God commanded me, so that you may follow them in the land you are entering to take possession of it. Observe them carefully. For this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations who will hear all about these decrees and say, 
Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. What other nation is so great as to have their gods near them the way the Lord our God is near us whenever we pray to him? And what other nation is so great as to have such righteous decrees and laws as this body of laws I am setting before you today? Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. Remember the day you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb when he said to me, Assemble the people before me to hear my words so that they may learn to revere me as long as they live in the land and may teach them to their children. You came near and stood at the foot of the mountain while it blazed with fire to the very heavens with black clouds and deep darkness. Then the Lord spoke to you out of the fire. You heard the sound of words but saw no form. There was only a voice. He declared to you his covenant, the Ten Commandments, which he commanded you to follow and then wrote them on two stone tablets. And the Lord directed me at that time to teach you the decrees and laws you are to follow in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. And then just from Joshua chapter 1, verses 7 to 9. It says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Now, the people hearing these words were around before Jesus came. So they didn't have this physical example to watch or to follow. And they may not have had any idea that actually he was going to come as a human one day. So my first thing we're going to think about is why do we read scripture? And actually, there's quite a lot of different reasons, but I can't cover them all in one, um, one morning. So what we're going to be thinking about is that so we can know God and be like Jesus. And when we first get to know someone, it takes time to trust them, to understand them and to know them. And unfortunately for us, there isn't a book about every single person that we meet that we can read beforehand or a blueprint to follow to help us know them. We are also very unlikely to try and find someone else who knows them and grill them so we can get all the goss before we decide whether we want to get to know that person or not. But as Christians, we're called to be like Jesus. The word basically means little Jesus, and reading the Bible helps us to know and understand who God is, who Jesus is, and how he lived, and therefore how we're to think, act, and be so we can be like him. And it can take time to get to know God, to understand his ways and to get to grips with why he calls us to live a certain way. But I believe that the more we learn about his character, his heart and his love, the more time we want to spend getting to know him and being like him. As you get to know people and you care about them, you want to know them more and hang out with them more because they're, they're good to be around. But the passages we've read talk about this book of the law, 
the Ten Commandments, the decrees and the laws the people are to follow. This book of the law refers to the first five books of the Bible and it contains the Ten Commandments and the decrees and the laws. And there's quite a few of them. So if you want to spend some time reading through them, you go ahead. But in the passage from Deuteronomy, we read that Moses says to the people, Now Israel, hear the decrees and laws I'm about to teach you. Follow them. The people he was talking to, the Israelites, they no longer really knew who God was or what he defined as good. So they needed a way to learn because the generation before them had not done what they were meant to do. They hadn't taught the laws to their children. And this is a culture that learnt by hearing. Not many of them could read or write, so they had to listen really carefully and try and remember these laws. And I have to say, I'm really glad that I wasn't around then because I am terrible at remembering things when someone tells me something. I have to have it written down or shown over and over again. So I would have been awful. But this law, like it, it was there for a reason. It not only showed the people God's heart, his values and his character, but it created and structured this nation by defining what God required of them. It set out the expectations of this covenant or agreement between the people and God, and it gave them the boundaries by which to operate and live. This law showed them that God was different and that he expected his people to be different as well. And these laws still show us these things today, but the difference is that God chose to send us Jesus so that he could show us how to live and to enable us to have a direct relationship with God. But how do we learn about Jesus? We read or listen about him from the Bible or from others who know him. And the passage in Joshua that we read as well, it kind of reiterates this. It's quite clear that we shouldn't deviate from the law and that we should obey it. That God tells Joshua to keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything in it. How do we keep it on our lips if we don't know it? And in both passages, the people uh, are going to be entering into a new land. And they're expected to live differently. To live like God has instructed them to live so that others will see him through them. That they need to know and remember how God expects them to live so they can behave as intended, no matter what comes their way. So that they can be like him to those they meet. And I've had experience of this in the last couple of weeks. I've had a few different encounters with people that I've never met before in my life. And they've seemed to be at times when I'm either hungry and trying to eat my lunch. I already mentioned about getting in between me and my food. At times when I'm tired or times when I just want to get home. And in each of those times, I've had that thought, and I'm not trying to sound really holy, but a bit like, God, what do I do? I don't really want to engage with this stranger. I just want to get on with my day, get home, eat my food, be satisfied. But each time, I've kind of remembered, all right, what does Jesus do? How does he treat people? How does he love them? And I have felt God just be like, go on. Just love them in the way that they need to receive love. And it doesn't mean that I've mentioned Jesus or preached the gospel, but I've had the chance to just speak words over them that are words of love and sometimes show them 
a place to go because they were anxious and they didn't know how to get there. And it meant going out of my way, and meaning I had to take an extra 20 minutes to get home. But you could, I saw on this one person how grateful they were that I had just walked with them just to relieve some of their anxiety and be Jesus for them that day. So why read the Bible? So we can know God and be more like Jesus. So then we, you're probably thinking, all right, Esther, so then why do we need to pray? Because surely we can get all that we need from reading the Bible. If the Bible helps us understand God's character, his heart and his values, and helps us to be like Jesus, it's a win-win, right? We're done. But for me, when I was thinking about this, I was like, the one thing that prayer really does give us is that connection with God that is personal and direct. And I want us to just stop for a minute and just think about um, what I'm going to say in your, in your own head. I want you to think about what prayer looks like for you personally. I'm not going to ask you to shout it out, just think about it. And if you're here today and you don't consider yourself to be someone who prays, I'd encourage you to think about what prayer might look like for you. So I'm just going to give us a minute. I'm going to have a drink and then we'll carry on. So I um, decided to ask our young people this question through their parents. And I'm going to read out what they shared. So one of our young people said, prayer looks like showing your commitment and thankfulness to God. Another said, it's a connection to God, although I've not felt a connection with God when I'm praying. Another said, it's quiet time between you and God. It's time with God. Prayer is a space to express yourself to God honestly, without judgment. Prayer is talking to Jesus. And I love that our young people, this is our youth group, kind of get this. Like they know why we pray. They, it sounds like they do that. And they know that being with Jesus is a safe space where they can just be raw and honest. And I, yeah, I think that's amazing that we have that here. But I decided I also wanted to know what some of my friends who don't know Jesus think the reasons that Christians pray are. Because I like to get other people's perceptions. Because for me, I get it. But my friends who aren't Christians, they might think that we're just talk to ourselves and a little bit bonkers. Thankfully, that's not the response I got. But one of my friends said, it's a source of comfort. A way of sending positive thoughts out there. Wishing the best for things, outcomes, people. It's empowering in a way. And another of my friends said, to try and make sense of what is a pretty chaotic and at times an unfair world. So when we kind of add those all together, we've got that prayer is about connection, commitment, thankfulness, spending time with God, a source of comfort, wishing the best for things or people, and trying to make sense of things, seeking God's wisdom, and understanding. And for me, I feel like all of those are reasons that I would pray. 
And what I really love is that one of my friends who doesn't know Jesus said that prayer is empowering. Because prayer essentially is about choosing to communicate with God, whether that's verbally or non-verbally. It's about recognizing who he is and being thankful for that and the things that we have. It's about being able to ask for things for ourselves and on behalf of others. It's about being raw and honest and telling God what's going on in your heart and mind. That he can take the hard, brutal stuff. But prayer is also about saying to God, I want to do this with you. And for me, and maybe some of us here as well, it's about saying, God, I can't do this without you. But the thing is, it's not one way. And God loves to communicate with us too. And it's important that we try and spend time listening to him. And for all of us, that looks different. But God does communicate with us. Not always in the way that we expect, but he does. And he wants to do life with us. He wants to impart his wisdom and understanding to us as well. And in the passage from Deuteronomy, it said, What other nation is so great as to have their gods near them the way the Lord our God is near us whenever we pray to him? Like God is near us. It may be hard hearing this because you may think, well, God isn't near me when I pray. Maybe you think, well, I don't feel that connection to God when I pray. You may think he's abandoned you, that he doesn't care what you have to say, and that he doesn't communicate with you. But I believe that God hears everything, and he cares about everything that we say. He may not always respond in the way we expect or want, and he may not respond at all, but I believe that he is with us. So why do we pray? To connect with God on that personal and direct level. So we're going to just spend a few minutes thinking about the how. Now, you may be someone that physically reads the Bible, but you may be someone who listens to it on an audio app. There's different ways of doing it. And you can read the Bible in, a, in different ways. You can read it like you'd read any book. And that can be really helpful to get like an overview of the whole thing. But you may prefer to slow it down. Joshua, the passage in Joshua talked about meditating on God's word. So we're going to think about doing it like a cow. Now some of you may know that I love cows. I get a lot of cow videos on my Instagram feed. Alan is shaking his head at me. You can see the picture of the cow is a highland cow. It's got horns, it's brown, it's cute. I mean, look at that. I would love that in my garden, not going to lie. I, think <laughs> I have quite a lot of cow stuff, and I'm always happy to have more, by the way. Hint, hint, birthday's next March. Um, and I, I just think they're quite cool. And if you want to hear my story about why I like cows, just talk to me later. Um, I won't share it now. But they, um, they have four segments to their stomach. And so we're going to just get a little bit grim. Um, and we're going to think about how can we get the best out of Scripture, the way the cow digests its food. So we're going to learn. We're going to have a little biology lesson about a cow. But the first bit of the cow is where uh, the food goes in and it breaks down all the complex plant stuff like grass 
And I liken this to us reading that passage of scripture. Reading it and starting to break it down and think it through. Some of your faces are an absolute picture. I wish we had a camera this side. And then step two is where the food starts to mix with saliva and produces cud. And this is the really vile bit. The cows burp the cud back in their mouth. And it helps, but they chew it and it helps them to break it down into smaller pieces. And this process actually makes it easier to digest all the good bits that that food has. And cows may spend 30 to 40% each day chewing cud. And I liken this to us breaking down the passage even more, absorbing it, getting the best bits out of that passage that we're reading and really taking time on it. Can you imagine spending 30 to 40% of our day meditating on scripture? Just chewing it over. I won't try and do the action a cow does because my jaw doesn't move quite that way. But then the third step is where all the water is taken out of the food. And again, I feel like this is us is really taking everything we can. And that takes time to do when you really break it down. And we're talking not chapters and chapters unless you really want to, but like small bits of scripture where we can absorb everything. Ask those questions, figure out what those words mean. Or just, you know, ask God, God, what are you really saying in this? And then the fourth bit, the final step, is where the food is finally digested. And this is where I feel like we've spent that time absorbing everything and we've processed it. And we've got everything we want from it and we can at that time. But it's not just stayed in our heads. This is where it goes to our heart. And the passage talks about not letting it fade from our hearts. And remembering what it says. And being able to kind of just chew on it throughout the day. And help it guide us. So how do we read the Bible? Well, one way is like a cow. But then in prayer, how do we pray? There's so many different ways we can pray. Because like I said, it's about connecting with God. We can talk in our own words or we can use scripture to help us pray. If we don't know what to pray, we can go to the Bible and use those words as well. We can pray the Lord's Prayer, which is what Jesus used to teach his disciples. We can sing. We've been singing this morning words that most of them come from the Bible. So we can use that as a way to connect with God. We can write, draw, paint, dance, play an instrument, be still. It's a way of connecting with God in a way that works for you. And as long as it's not going against what the Bible says, then I'm pretty sure you're going to be all right. But through his life, death and resurrection, Jesus introduced to us a new way to have a relationship with God. And in this new relationship, God relates to us through dwelling in us when we accept him into our lives. And this means that we can connect with him wherever and whenever. And I feel like Jesus is asking today, are we willing to learn more about him and connect with him on a deeper level today? And what I'd like us to do, if if you're willing, is we're just going to spend a couple of minutes just being still. And it, it may be that you're here today, and, and when I said about, uh, one of our young people said it's about connection with God, but they didn't feel that connection with God when they pray, that you feel that, and you identify with that. What I'd like us to do, again, if you're willing, is to 
everyone close our eyes and just put our hands out in like a posture of receiving. And I'm going to just ask the Holy Spirit to come, who's the presence of God. And we're just going to wait. And if this is the first time you've done this, you might not know what that might feel like. You might feel nothing, but you might feel warmth or you might feel chills. You might get goosebumps. You might feel something. And I just, uh, but this is one way that we can build this connection with God is just by waiting. So I'm just going to pray. And then I'm going to hand over to Rach as well. Yeah, Holy Spirit, I just say, come. Yeah, Father, I thank you that you love to do life with us, that you are always near, even if we don't feel you. But Lord, I ask that you would show us your presence this morning to each one of us in the way that you know we'll, we'll know that you're here and we'll feel you. Just say, come, Holy Spirit.